my fingers to the bone I never get to go home This is my ever wanted life Man, if that's destiny I work my fingers to the bone I never get to go home This is my ever wanted life Man, if that's destiny Damn, I destroyed myself But you contributed I destroyed myself But you helped Hello everybody, this is Jonathan Grissom from More Bands Media and the Local Earshot Podcast. I am here, this is episode 121, and I'm here with Wilson, the original, one of the original members of the team that started this podcast. He is back home from, uh, what was it, you were in Arkansas or some shit? Arkansas. 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 Why would you name a place Arkansas? Like fucking... Why why is this one Kansas but this one is not Arkansas? I don't know. They call uh what is it? Uh Texarkana. Texas. Is that Texas yeah. or Kansas? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's like the name that. of a city. Like Broken Bow. Broken hey, you ever been to Broken Bow? It's like in the middle of fucking nowhere. All all of Arkansas is the middle of fucking nowhere. Oh yeah. 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 But I saw ZZ Top at uh River Fest up there at um uh, like on a teeny Y. In, oh, yeah. in Arkansas, yeah. Right They're cool as shit. The motherfuckers are aliens. But uh, but the problem is, though, is that it kind of went against my theory recently because I found out that one of them actually died like two years ago, finally. Yeah, the bass player. Yeah, and I've been seeing a lot of posts on him and stuff, but yeah, I saw that he passed away. And I was like, I was like, damn, I'm two years late on that shit, like not even noticing that that dude was gone. But I, I literally thought that they were aliens because they're so old and still rocking on stage like they do. Dude, but. I'm really surprised that they hadn't died yet. Like, I saw them in concert at the Zoo Amphitheater. They were, the, Leonard Skinner was opening for them. And whenever they came out on stage, like, music sounded great. It's obvious that they've, like, really practiced the shit. And since you've been doing it for, like, as long as they have, you know, it's... Oh, they don't miss a beat. They don't miss a beat. Yeah. But then the guy uh, who was the bass player actually, like, kind of fumbled on stage like he was about to fall backwards. And you can kind of, like, see through his clothes, like, how skinny he was. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't know. As you get older, it's just harder to keep yourself. Like they were using the mic stands to really hold themselves up, mm-hmm. kind of like the way that Bob Dylan is now. You, know? you imagine? You imagine going on the stage and seeing like a like how you see like a lot of older people nowadays, where they have like walkers and shit. Yeah, and you just see like some famous person like ACDC or some shit. And he's like has a walker and he comes out there <laughs> and he has a guitar sitting on the walker and then he like picks up the guitar and just starts playing it on the walker, just holding it like everyone's while walk- willing it around the stage. It's hilarious. The really, really famous ones, they'd be on, like, the motor scooters coming right. around. I don't know how some of them are alive, like, fucking uh, Keith Richards. I'm surprised that's not what Keith Richards is doing, like, coming out there on the walker and then just, like, swinging the guitar <laughs> around all shaking. All shaking. Shake it! You go and shake it! And then he starts to play, and he, like, stops shaking. He's like... It's like, that's the way that I see them going. It's twitch. Yeah, it's just... Oh, my God. Uh-huh. How have you been, man? Oh, I've been all right. I've just been uh, I'm I'm enrolled into uh, ACM. It's like uh like uh, one of the music schools here. Right. Well, somebody was telling me the OSU one's better, but I mean, but I, honestly, I I could I could totally not. I mean, I I I could totally see it because like um, OSU's OSU. The only way to explain this school, I went there. I went there to, back in like '04 for computer technology. Right. And uh, and it's um, it's really like, it's known like like OU is known for medical and and lawyer type stuff. Right. Right. Uh, 
and and but OSU is known for everything else. Like like they they have like they have schools on tech, they have schools in culinary, they got schools on on uh you know just all sorts of stuff. Right. <laughs> so we got a cat in the room. <laughs> it was like my little my little cat, she's a little sweetheart. Um, but but yeah, like they they have all sorts of stuff. So that when somebody told me, well, you know, why didn't you go to the the um the music business school at at, at a OSU? And I'm like thinking, well, because UCO's like right here in Oklahoma City, whereas the other ones in Stillwater. It's like I'm not going to move to Stillwater to go to school again. You right? Know? Like you go to you go to OSU for like their agricultural program, which mm-hmm. they have a really it's mm-hmm. like what they're known for because you see a bunch of like uh cattle farms and ranches around like a lot of Oklahoma in general, but specifically around OSU. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the things that they're better known for. Um, there's also, depending on the kind of media that you want to get into, OCCC has like, like a world renowned film program because they actually have, somebody told me that they actually use the same cameras that they used to shoot Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad would rent the cameras from OCCC, take it out. The to, community college? Yeah. No shit. Well, it's because like red cameras are like 80 grand, bro. Yeah. Like these days, that's just the body alone. That's not any of like the lenses or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and OCCC was like funded and sponsored by like people like Francis Ford Coppola. He actually came there to do like a sit down and talk and talk about how like he discovered George Lucas and all this other stuff, which was kind of crazy to see. And OCCC has got a lot of re- really great recommendations. I've actually I was recently just taking guitar lessons from a guy uh, named Dave who used to teach over at ACM. And he was telling me about like just all the different investments and stuff that they've made into that program. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, there's a good program out at OSU, but you're also out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. And I don't want to like, I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, Stillwater's out in the middle of nowhere. Like I'm bashing Oklahoma. It's not that at all. It's that a lot of the people that are coming here as far as connections are going to places like ACM because you can meet a ton of people there. Mm-hmm. People who not only are going there for courses, but who are actually active in the community. Yeah, I know, and that's what I'm. Too. That's what I'm doing. Like, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's like I'm active in the community, but I'm but I'm like going there for the the idea of being able to meet like minded people that are trying to do similar things. Right. For what I what my goals are, and so I mean, it's uh, and and then you know, like I said, you know, some of the people were telling me that I should have done audio production or video production, and and I'm like, well, you know, like. I'll learn at all that stuff anyway in the process of hanging out with all those people. I mean, like that's, that's, that's the idea is that if you, if you, I'm going to be that old man, that's probably just hanging out at school just cause like they, they, these students, a lot of them, when you first go to college, like this is something I always stress the younger people know what you really want to fucking do in life before you start spending money on shit. Cause yeah. like, like when you go to school, and then oh four and stuff like that. I just realized I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, do that, like as a field. And 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 so like, um, I was really good with computers and everything like that. And I just I I didn't. It was just boring to me. Like it was I wasn't challenged. Like and yeah. it was weird that I wasn't challenged by that. But like, but so then I ended up dropping out. And then and it was because I was partying all the time, just getting drunk at the thing. And that's what most people do when they first go to college the first time. They party, they hang out and stuff like that, unless they're dedicated nerd kids back in, in high school. They ain't going to fucking sit down and do their homework. They're going to fucking go out and hang out with their friends. They're going to party. And so, I mean, that tends to happen for a lot of my friends that, that never graduated. That they were, And that was in other states, too, that they would just party all the time. So, like, it's it's one of those you have to 
you have to know that that's really what you want to do. When I went to school for business, it's what I really wanted to do, you know. And so, like, I actually sat down and went to class and did my homework and all that kind of stuff. But, but I mean, you know, you, you look at the amount of money that people spend on college, and it's just – it's ridiculous. And so, like, what my plan is is that as long as though as long as the VA pays their part, then all that other money is just my money to do any right. of this, to buy cameras, to get me started – to start going down a path of like an actual show, and right, and so that's the goal, you know. And I can't really, okay. College in general is grossly overpriced, just for what it is. I mean, the average prof- professor makes like seventy grand a year. Not a lot of people realize that. The amount of money that it takes to like you're funding the facility. I actually met a guy that was doing a startup who was trying to make it to where like most of the funds that you would pay, like you'd still pay the same amount of tuition, but the buildings were a lot smaller. And all of that could go towards the curriculum and the teachers and back to the students, things like that. And I don't want it to seem like I'm dissing education. That's not what that is, right? But like we were just talking about how the other day where you said that you were like getting DaVinci Resolve or some kind of video editor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking up a video. Here's what a lot of people really don't understand. I think a degree is important if you're doing something like becoming a surgeon, that's not something that you can learn from YouTube. I can learn how to edit something on DaVinci Resolve through a YouTube channel. I can't learn open heart surgery from YouTube. Right. So no, no, and that and that's the thing. I do, I fully agree with that statement. I I think even that during that conversation, I I mentioned that you know like yeah you know if you're gonna be a lawyer if you're gonna be a politician you know even, right. even they have to go to school for that. Um, that's what a lot of people don't understand. A lot of politicians, they go to like a lot of law schools and stuff to know what they're talking about. Yeah, before they and even decide, like some of them don't even like go into it wanting to be politicians necessarily, but they just know like there's so many different avenues, like legal avenues that lead you to certain places. And uh, when I studied for audio and video production, like I got my degree in two years and the number one rule whenever we sat down in class is like, whatever you do, you cannot be on YouTube and you cannot be on Vimeo. Like they didn't want us using any kind yeah. of outside resource. And it's because you find out later, like, oh, I could have learned this exact same course at home for free instead of what you're paying for is like a place to sit down and actually mm-hmm. do the practices and doing it out of the like Adobe handbooks of how to do, which I have copies of myself. Mm-hmm. And it's not anything too crazy. I think that it is great to have a dedicated place to like try to hone your craft because it's hard like not having your own studio, mm-hmm. you know, just as a given. But you know, as far as like we were talking earlier about like uh, people, like, oh, why don't you just study more about the audio and video aspect of it? It's like you can you can sit down and learn everything about a particular software in like an hour. Mm-hmm. If you're like I learned dedicated. I learned my my P8 mixer and like uh, I watched a bunch of Zoom videos and learned learned the right. mixer that I use on, on a daily with this show. I learned a little every little feature on it in like exactly. a couple hours because I just sat down and watched it and understand yeah. how it works now. And it's easier to do that when you can actually have the patience to sit down and go over it. The thing that I think is the most important when it comes to education and like what you're trying to do at ACM is just making connections. Like mm-hmm. you're meeting people that are actually par- that are credible in the music industry mm-hmm. because you can't do that from home. Yep. And, and, I, and, and I think I want to find people that our understanding that there's that there is actual guiding policies, laws, regulations that are in the music industry. And right. and these these rules are found in most states. If you if you move to California and you try to go to Hollywood and you try to do certain things with the industry there, if you try to move to New York, you're gonna find that 
almost every location you go to, somebody's going to hand you a contract to sign if you're even going to do a show in, that night. Right. Whereas, whereas you know, when, when it comes to, like, Oklahoma, there's a lot of uh, handshake deals. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of things that are not related to the actual music industry. And, and ACM kind of set out, and they, I was talking to one of their advisors, said that that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to show, they're trying to create that scene, that right. that thing, and that's why they that's why they chose to do that as a as a platform in a state like this. Oklahoma is growing in entertainment. I mean, there's uh, there's uh, there's a new venue being built uh, by by Live Note. Uh, Live Note is a real estate company. It's like uh, fairly new. Uh, works in building venues and commercial things. They just basically just grab really? rich rich people that want to do things like that so they they're building a venue out there by mustang and i'm wondering if it's going to be a live nation venue it probably be a live nation presents if anything uh mainly because it looks like that the size and everything that the type of show that it's going to be able to produce are it's an outdoor venue but i'm pretty sure that it's going to be able to produce shows the size of like your your larger um venues similar to like zoo amp and things like that right and so i mean uh, Criterion's like uh, it's it's growing. Uh, they're doing a lot more bigger shows coming through now, uh, and then the um, what do you call it? Beer City Music Hall. They're doing a lot of stuff there. But the, apparently, the people that run Criterion, the Tower, uh, all those they 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 actually run Beer City too. So they're almost like there's like five venues in downtown that are owned by the same group of people, and they're all trying to bring in new acts and bigger acts and. It's a, it's a little harder because we're kind of in what they call a flyby zone in a way, or even a drive-by zone, I guess you want to call it that, because P, they'll play shows in Tulsa and they'll play shows in Dallas, but a lot of artists don't come through Oklahoma City unless right. they got a market here, and and most country singers have a market here. Yeah, most metal bands they don't really have as big a market here, and so they don't come through. They might play the Diamond, you know, Diamond Ballroom. But um, but yeah, they don't have as big a market, and so like they won't come through. No, um, the, the closest thing that we have to that is whenever we have like Rocklahoma every year, and even them, the majority of them are like name brand kind of bands. Like it's like uh, was it like Godsmack and Slipknot and yeah, you know who. So you have the bigger names, which and then they let all the smaller bands play throughout the time before the opening shows in the evening. Mm-hmm. But even then, that's like one week out of the year. That's not like yeah. a regular thing. And it's kind of, it's not really upsetting to see, but they're also like, where does it take place again? Rocklahoma takes place. Like, oh, it, it's like, in, what city is that? It's, it's, like it's in the middle of fucking, like it's, it's, yes. yeah, it's in nowhere. It's in the middle of fucking nowhere. There's no like close by hotels. You have to reserve the hotels like three months in advance if you want to get a place to stay. Mm-hmm. If you're not going out there doing it like Sturges, like if you're going out there with an RV or something like that. And it's the same with the country music fest that they have in Ufala every year. There's no like decent place to stay unless you get the room like months in advance. There's beer mud everywhere. It's like a live outdoor venue and it's a lot of fun for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yep. And they only do that maybe once a year. After the whole COVID situation, that kind of like threw that threw off several places for a loop. Mm-hmm. But you know that's really what we have. And then for like more metal shows, it's not like I don't know. It's not like the eighty ninth is bringing in the same kind of crowd that it used to like ten years ago. Yeah, the eighty ninth used to be nuts, like the uh, conservatory and uh, then the green door before that. 
like uh they they had a stage on the other side it was like a bar like in there right. i guess you can go in that area if you're underage because it was an all-age venue but then they had an area set on the side for for the bar side but but the but the the stage side was different because like yeah. now it's like it's all facing like a different direction but then it was like it was like everybody was packed in this little area yeah and everybody's just like headbutt each other and stuff like like uh, you move your arms you'd hit somebody else and i mean I've, I've never actually been in a single venue since i've been home and i've been home for about five six years now um since oh, wow. i got out of college like because i was in 2017 was when i moved back yeah. so uh but um i haven't been I would come home and visit, and I just slowly saw it dwindling, and all the venues shutting down. And so, like, whenever I would come and visit, we'd go to City Walk, we'd go to like certain bars downtown and stuff. And I just slowly started seeing the crowds get less and less. And then, like now, it's like I mean, I you can move around a venue now. I mean, it's nice, you know, to be able to move around a venue, but at the same time, it's like it's like you know, like the crowds are a lot less than what they used to be back then. Yeah, and that's, and that's where we're trying to change that to get it back to. That that way where it's like a city where people know, you know, there's a lot of there, there's a lot of talented artists in Oklahoma City. I like I will still defend that argument forever because I mean I like I, I've been I've lived all over and I've and I've seen local bands from all over and in Oklahoma City there's there's just this thing, I don't know I don't know if it's related to our history with like country music I, I don't know what it is but people here enjoy making music and they enjoy playing music and and I, and maybe maybe it's because like a lot of times in music you get a lot of emotion you get a lot of like you're talking about like um you know your writings and stuff like that it's very very like like depressing type stuff and stuff in Oklahoma can be a depressing place so it like kind of fits that you could write really good music that that it really conveys like what this place really is and what it's like but I mean, but I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but but like no, I know, no, no. but it's I know just, a lot of like metal. You know, I I know a lot of good good music out here. You know. Yeah, I mean, I do kind of miss the days where I like feared for my life when I went to the 89th, but that's when you knew it was going to be a good show. Um, but for I don't like the stigma around Oklahoma, like because we give it a lot of crap, right? Like I I shared a post or something about Sylvester Stallone, right, saying like you know. Uh, working in Oklahoma has prepared me for a lifetime in hell if I ever Yeah, <laughs> you know the funny thing about that meme was when I mentioned that to somebody, yeah. they had to correct me that that shit was like a year and a half old. They were like, yeah, just now coming out as a meme, but it's like a year and a half old. I don't give a shit. I, I right? think it was, I thought it was fucking funny. Like, yeah, what do you, funny. Like, what? I, sh I shared that, I showed that same meme to my mom and she got offended by it. She's like, I don't like that. I don't. He's like talking about the heat. That. He was actually talking about the heat. I know. It's just. But but, but but the, but the underlining the joke of that is hilarious. Yeah. Like you know, hey, it got me ready for hell. Like that's hilarious. Yeah, it got me that's, ready for hell. And so it's, you know. it's it's funny, and like I harp on Oklahoma a lot, but like just in the time that I've been traveling for my work, like uh, I have an office over in Austin, and Austin is just crazy. Like the way that it blew up, and I was there with. Uh, Jonathan Wilson too. Mm -hmm. He worked with me there for a short amount of time, and he was like, "Man, I haven't been here in like a decade, and it's just like it's turning into California or some shit." Yeah, and it's just wild to see, and not that it's a bad thing necessarily. It's great to see like some things become more developed, become better. Because there used to be a time I used to live over at Twenty Fourth and Chartel mm -hmm. over there by like where uh, the bunker is now. Mm -hmm. And 10 years ago, you couldn't walk down the street without feeling, like, uncomfortable, 
or unsafe or whatever. It felt super freaking ghetto. And now, just going into it today, there's like all these different restaurants. They've just completely like gentrified the way that it looks. And I'm not mad about it. I'm kind of mad that I'm not living there anymore because now it actually seems like a place where you want to stay. Because I used to get woken up every night by the ambulance coming across the street at the apartment complex. Yeah. Somebody getting shot or stabbed or yeah stealing drugs. Or and something. I mean, there's still areas like that. It's like it's like what uh, the Fillmore Auditorium was uh, in yeah. Denver. Denver, like there's this whole area, Colfax in Denver. And and I used to when I used to uh, do the management stuff like with the with the management team over at the at the Fillmore, like. They would um, they would tell us that if you're and it was definitely if you're a female they would tell you this but uh, they would tell you that if you're walking to your car um, they were like you know yeah you, you try to find a good parking spot that's close and some of us kind of knew where to park but because um, we 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 figured out what areas and how early to get to the venue things like that but yeah. so we knew where to go but they said if you if you park at the venue or if you park out there like find a good spot. And make sure you stay in the light when you're walking to the venue, and 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 it was like, you know, just be careful when you're walking back and forth to your car at night. And it was like two o'clock at night, and that you would leave the venue. By the time we leave the venue, sometimes four in the morning, and we'd be leaving the venue. Some of us would probably go to like a diner and get some food, you know. But we'd be like finishing a show, at, and the show would end at around around one or two EDM shows. And then we we would actually get home at around four, and and so in that two hour period or whatever, you know, people are leaving, coming and going from the venue. It it was it was crazy because like you'd have to like as long as there's mass population, everybody's outside, that's fine. But whenever there's nobody out and you're walking to your car, it it was kind of scary. And like and the uh, and they were told like that area in Colfax and stuff. I mean, I I was working one night, and um and I'm outside. I think I've told this story before. I don't remember, but I was sent outside. And I'm and I'm on the side of the building, and this guy comes up, and it's still daylight, and he goes, "You could have been a dentist, you could have been, you could have been a doctor, but instead, you had to be a crackhead." And I was like, "What the fuck?" And I turn and look, <laughs> and this guy, he pulled a pipe out from his pocket, and he started smoking crack, and he was smoking crack inside the building. And I'm like, what the fuck is this, you know? So I get on the radio, and I said, hey, hey you know any cops available? And they're like, uh, the cop comes over to the radio, and he goes, yeah, man, what's up? And I was like, yeah, we got a guy out here. Uh, he's uh, smoking crack. And he and the cop goes, is he hurting anybody? And I was like, no, 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 he's just, he just, he's just walking, smoking crack. And he goes, all right, well, just keep an eye on him. Uh, make sure he doesn't hurt nobody. Uh if he does or he does anything crazy or just starts yelling at anybody, he goes, then uh, let, let us know. We'll come out there and take care of it. He goes, other than that, that's a lot of paperwork, so I don't want to deal with that. Uh, it's our tax dollars. Yeah. Work, yeah, so he was like, I don't want to deal with that. So I was like, okay. And then like, and then this guy just kind of waddled off while he was smoking crack. And, and, I mean, that was a normal occurrence. Same guy. Same guy one night. We're on the front of the venue, and he's asking people for money. And he's just like, these motherfuckers won't get rid of fucking money. And he's like just yelling at people that are trying to go to this show. And you're talking a line of like 300 people trying to get into a venue, you know, like a couple of hundred people just all in line. And this guy's just like walking by. I'm like, can I get some money? 
And then they tell him no, and he's like, these motherfuckers won't give me no money. And he would just, like, fucking do that all night, just yelling at people. And we're just like, oh, God, man. Like, And the cop's like, you need to go somewhere else. <laughs> like, that's all they could tell him. They're like, you're in public, go somewhere else, you know? And uh, so he just walked off again. But that same guy, same guy all the time, just hanging out that area of Colfax, always on drugs, always just yelling at people. So saying is that, that that's pretty common out there. Uh, like, uh, and I noticed how bad it got in Denver where whenever, like, um, there's parks there, people would do heroin and they'd just be, like, laying in the park. So they'd just be strung out just laying in the fucking park because they had, they had certain laws that would divide by that stuff. But that's basically what what uh, you kind of, like, whenever whenever they, they do a lot of that. You know, the gentrification is not always bad, but it's like it it – it's still, I don't know, a lot, of it, a lot of that crime stuff ain't going nowhere in the cities. Like, it ain't, uh, in Oklahoma City, ain't no different. I, I hate that whole, like, like that trope of, like, oh, well, you know, it's a it's a major city, and to say that there, you want to live in Chicago, to live, live here, whatever, New York, you know, and all that. But I'm like, but, yeah, but, I mean, like, there's parts of Oklahoma City are just as bad, so, like, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> like, you know? That's how John found me. And that's where all the good venues are. Right. You know? That's how John found me. He found me outside the Jones Assembly, just smoking crack. Said, <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, man. the Jones Assembly, right outside in, off of Sheridan in the uh, the nice district. So you, you want to be friends? You want to start a podcast? And I'm like, give us some money. Give us some money. Give us some I money. need some money. I need some help. <laughs> I need some help. I need some cocaine. No, <laughs> some cocaine. Some cocaine. So, uh, so like this weekend, uh, was it this weekend? Yeah, it was this weekend. Went to the uh, the Blue Note. Yeah, we went there, was it Friday night? No, Saturday. Saturday. We Saturday, yeah. yeah. To see the mighty Perseus. Yeah. No, the Perseus fucking awesome band. Chris they Gomez, are. like, shout out to him. He's, uh, you know, he he's really, like, like you have to, I don't know, they had, like they, it looked like they added another guitarist, but, like, you have to, you have to, you have to play to yeah. be in that band. Like, you can't just be like, oh, I play guitar. I'm going to go play in a rock band. Like, you have to be able to handle a guitar like it's, like, your little fucking toy, you know? Like, I, I mean, you have to know how to fucking play. Because, like, they, yeah. they have strap locks on their fucking guitars, which is, like, like that. it's like a little padding, and then you tap it with tape yeah. right on the edge so where the strings don't just bust off and hit you in the hand whenever you're playing so hard. Right. And that's... All of their members, like when you look at their guitars, like they all have that. They all have like these pads around the end of their guitar because it's holding those strings down to the guitar, right? So they don't break. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm like, when I see that, I'm like, yeah, they're about to, they're about to put that shit through some work, you know? Like, like that, it's not that not easy, but um, yeah. And then never mind the embers, it's Yoon, or as. Uh, as a lot of people in the community like to do it, which I mean, no, he, he hates it when I do this, but fuck Yoon, um, you know, and uh, that's that's a good old Christoph Murdoch uh, TM, um, you know, it's a trademark for Christoph Murdoch. He's a trademark. Trademark. Yeah, trademark. It's uh, yeah, he uh, you know, big old tall Indian guy. Uh, he 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 always he's in a band with uh, Yoon, and he calls him. He's always like fuck Yoon, like during the shows. Fuck you. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but there's the Unipocalypse. If, uh, if if people are interested, that's coming. Um, right on. Yeah, he's about to work on something big. So, 
Uh, but yeah, he's in uh, Nevermind the Embers. And then uh, what was the other band? It was Pardon. Nevermind the Embers, Perseus, and yeah. So it's a Pariah System. Uh, yeah, and so um, I mean, but really, really good show. Uh, very talented and musicians, like all the all of them. I mean, they're like I and I always I always enjoy the Blue Note. Um, like, uh, but I know you've been hanging out there a lot. Like, what kind of stuff they've been doing over there? Well, recently. Uh, one of the bartenders, her name is Liz, is no longer bartending there in particular, but she is helping one of her friends set up a karaoke night there every Tuesday, or as best they can. They just recently started doing it. And it's kind of cool. I mean, you get to go up on the stage and actually sing the songs, whereas like in most average bars where they do karaoke, you just kind of like walk around the bar, try to find a place to sing, but they're actually letting them like get up on the stage and do their own thing. So that's kind of cool. But... You know, I really like what they've done with the Blue Note. I remember going there probably like I think the last time that I went there, aside from recently, was about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, it's different. Oh like, yeah, there's well, only, I mean, like, it's uh, it's, it's uh, Chris uh, or Chris Simon, right? Is, uh, and I don't know if you ever, if you've met him yet, but I've heard the name. I haven't like met him officially. Yeah, he he'll hang out there on Sundays usually when he comes up there. Uh, he'll he'll stop in the Lost Highway too usually from time to time. Uh yeah, he's he was the owner of um of the Hilo, and uh, gotcha. so when the Hilo shut down, well I guess like yeah, it was a weird situation, but um whenever we saved the Hilo and then it then then it ended up shutting down anyway because they got bought out by some other company that's gonna nice make some stuff out of it I guess that they're gonna redo the whole building. Um, if I showed you those plans, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk bad about things. So like, I'm not gonna be like, oh my God, they're fucking horrible because most of my friends have already done that. Uh, but you know, but that's, that's what, that's what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, there was like, I like the high low. It's okay. I like, uh, the speakeasy. It seems like a decent place. Um, I really like the price of the drinks over at high low, but I haven't been there in a hot minute. And is the drunken fry still open? No, that's all I'm saying is that the Hilo and the drunken fry are gone, right? And and so whenever they shut down, uh, it, like uh, Chris, Chris uh, ended up partnering with some with uh, some people, and then he ended up opening up the art, re um, buying the Blue Note, and then to remodel the Blue Note. Um, and so uh, that's that's kind of where the remodel came in. Uh, he even put a lot of his own money into that place at the end because he was trying to get it open. Uh, back open because there was the uh, whenever they did it it was in the midst of like the pandemic and stuff and so they they did all this remodeling and then they they were trying to get it open in time so they had a lot of like soft opening and hard opening and then it was just like finally they 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 fully opened um a lot of work a lot of people that i know went they put a lot of work and effort into that building like a lot of blood sweat and tears went to that place to make it what it is now um, it's like emphasis on the blood, sweat, and tears because it was other people's blood, sweat, and tears too. Is like a pretty, is is like that for a while. Um, which it would have been really cool to see, like as some kind of like really big grand. Op- like when I walked into the Blue Note here recently, mm-hmm. like Jesus is a completely different place mm-hmm. just from the way. And they're trying to get it back there now, like between putting stickers in the bathroom and so, and that's what you can expect. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, bring, I mean, like, it's a uh, certain sense of the soul to it too. Yeah, I mean, you you can still keep the feel and have the have the stickers, all that kind of stuff. My thing is, is that like I hate when people destroy things, but like like right. bathrooms and things like that. Like th- somebody was like, like yeah, you know, I miss the old Blue Note because it's not as punk rock and metal as it used to be. And it's like, it's like, dude, 
I'm sorry, but I like the fact that if I walk in the bathroom, there's a goddamn lock on the door whenever I use the bathroom. Right. And also there's like two private bathrooms outside. So like, you know, I mean, like there's enough bathrooms to find a place to, you know, to actually use it. They're clean. They're not, they're not being maintained there. They have, they have somewhat okay plumbing got, you know, like a lot of the city plumbing got redone out there. So, I mean, I was like, I was like, it's actually really nice. It's better than, than pissing in the goddamn trough. Which is what what they used to have. They used to have a big ass trough that you 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 piss in and fucking you know call it good. And the doors were always fucking open, so like everybody walked by and shit. You fucking you know whatever. Yeah. But but I mean, but it was the same way with like uh you know Lost Highway. Lost Highway is like like a, a really nice venue. It's very well designed. You know Pe- Scott Pepper. Uh, you know um, R.I.P. on him because he's an awesome dude. Uh, he you know like he put a lot of effort into building that place. And but I just I hate it whenever I go into like the bathrooms or uh, like certain parts of the building and they just like people just do things to mess it up to make it look like shit and it's like yeah why it's kind of you know, oh I want it to look grungy it's like I guess you know like you but can do that at home too you, know. you don't need to like <laughs> yeah you can tear up your own goddamn house stop right? trying to tear up venues you know but that's that's my biggest peeve like. I don't mean to cut you off, but my biggest peeve with like going out and drinking at places is like the the bathroom inconvenience, and some of them just being so fucking divey. And you know, it's one thing to want to go out and visit with your friends. It's another thing when like there's only one stall in a bathroom where everybody's there to drink. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I don't take a piss break very often, but when you're like, you know, chugging down beers and throwing back shots, I have to pee like every thirty minutes at that point, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of frustrating to see that's why i always stop at places like on cue nowadays for one it feels like it's a little bit more spacious and mm-hmm. the bathrooms are always super clean yep and it's not that like i stopped at a gas station where somebody hadn't seen me in a long time it's like man i hadn't seen you part of the reason that i stopped going there even before i moved is because like the bathrooms are just terrible mm-hmm. it smelled awful yeah and that, that so i mean that's a big part of it is that like uh and then their outdoor patio area is really, really cool. Like I actually, I, I actually like that. You can go out there and just chill, yeah, and watch TV. Sure. Um, they they allow um, they allow you to smoke marijuana there. Uh, so like if it, you know anywhere you can smoke cigarettes, you can smoke marijuana. But you but as long as it's posted, then it's okay to do it because yeah, um, some some just... will post it the other way and say no smoking. So then you're not supposed to do it. But um, and that's just cigarettes and weed. Like it's yeah. Not... They don't want you smoking anything. Else. No, nothing else. <laughs> don't be, don't be, don't be, don't be bringing out your crack rig and yelling at people and telling telling people that you're a fucking that you could have been a dentist because <laughs> obviously half your fucking teeth are missing. You're not a fucking dentist, all right. And uh, I mean, and and you definitely, definitely. I mean, I guess you could be a doctor. I mean, I don't know what kind of doctor you could be. I mean, doctor you know. love. Doctor Love, <laughs> Doctor Love, and the drug trade, um, but yeah. Doctor Love. But you want to do a music break? Yeah, let's take a music break. All right. Uh, so I got three songs here. Um, I, I got uh, Perseus, uh, Signal Degradation. This song, um, I kind of, I kind of want to, kind of want to work this one to actually get them that these numbers up. I mean, like this song. Almost every all oh, their other songs, I think this is the one that they that they actually put on a lot of playlists on on uh, Spotify. Right. They submitted it a lot, so one of their like more known songs. Uh, it has over like seventy five or seventy nine thousand listens on it on Spotify. 
Uh, and, and so like, but, uh, try to get that shit over 80. I mean, at least, I mean, this band's been together for almost 10 years, like 10, 15 years. So, you know, I mean, come on, come on, like (laughs) help these guys out, you know, get these numbers up. But, but I mean, but Spotify likes to pay people like shit. So whatever. Um, but never mind the Embers and their album. It's their self-titled song, uh, Super Blood Moon. And it's on the album, Super Blood Moon. Uh, Signal Degradations by Perseus is on the album Rise. And then, um... What did we say? The other band? What it was that? Pariah. Pariah System. Uh, Final Farewell is uh, the song we'll play from them. Uh, the the third song may not be on this episode. I don't know. I, I'm I'm asking them for permission to play their music. So uh, if I don't hear back, then that song will probably get removed. So I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, take a song break. Probably right go grab us something to drink or something, or smoke a joint or something. I don't know. All right. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Fucking metal. All right. So we got to enjoy a nice little music break, talk about pity sex and, you know, a few other things. But <laughs> and everybody's like, wait, what's this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> no, the last thing that we were harping on is like, uh, I want to talk about real quick of what it's like to get to take somebody to their first concert. Um, I remember taking my niece uh, to the concert I was telling you about earlier where it was like... Uh, it was Leonard Skinner opening for ZZ Top, and it was a great fucking show, you know. And this is like, God, they're so fucking old. But she got to re- see the concert for the first time. How like, old are they? No, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. Old enough that one of them's dead. Like they're we gotta have. Fuck, man, this got dark. <laughs> we gotta have like a little bit of respect. Is no, uh. this, and I know that for like like a she's like nine or ten years old, and like for a first concert, I asked her like, what would you want to go see? She's like, oh, I want to go see Kesha, or I want to go see like Hannah Montana, and I'm like. Well, she's not Hannah Montana. I mean, that's I mean, that's that's pretty understandable with the the age and Disney and all those things. Yeah, but like, I don't know how much better it gets than like, I I couldn't tell you like one of Hannah Montana's songs, maybe one of Miley Cyrus's in particular, but I could name you like from top to bottom every song from ZZ Top and their anthology, just because of like how legendary they are as a band. They had a tribute CD that actually had. Because uh, they had like briefly mentioned their retirement, like a lot of stars do, right? Mm-hmm. Like they say, like, and then they oh, play like retired. twenty thousand shows after that that are all retirement shows. Yeah, they, they Slayer's doing that right now, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Fucking Vince Neil has been doing yeah. that for like the past ten years. He's like, oh, we're retiring. This is it, and now it's just Vince Neil and Motley Crue. It's like, okay, yeah, we 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 get it. You you really just don't want to quit doing it. You're just yep. in it for the money. I yeah, guess. yeah. I don't know. Hey, you know, hey, you know. And I can't harp on that. But it was like her first concert. She was like nine or ten years old. And she recognized some of the songs from Leonard Skinner. Like if you live in Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, wherever, like yeah. you've heard at least a Leonard Skinner song at least at one point mm-hmm. in your life. And then, you know, getting to see like the car graphics and everything from CZ Top afterwards, I was like, so what would you think? She's like, that was actually really cool. I could really see myself doing this more often. I don't know how many shows she's been to since then. But recently I went to the Jones Assembly to see snail mail which i really like some of the songs that they have we obviously don't have permission to like play any of the stuff that the, that she has um uh, but as an artist i can really appreciate her i think she does a really great set and i was so mad because she didn't play the one song that i wanted her to play which is the reason that i bought the tickets it's called deep sea it's on uh her red album that she has and i took my girlfriend at the time who i found out like the day before that she'd never been to a concert before and you know she'd never how old really, was like, she she was like 23 okay i mean i guess it's somewhat show. understandable early 20s maybe but dude i meet people who are like in their 30s and 40s and never been to a show and it's just like what are you doing with your time yeah what do you what do you do and they're like i'll play video games they're like i play video games i go kayaking Go with my family to ski trips, and they pay for <laughs> they like actually do real. They're like I go hiking and skiing and and snowboarding, and I go wakeboarding and stuff like that. And you're like, but you don't go to concerts. Yeah, it's like we get a fucking psycho. Are you? And they're like, and they actually are a normal person that lives a normal life and actually does a lot of things that a lot of us don't do anymore. Dude, so. I was with this girl, and she's asking me so like, so when do we start fighting? And I just looked at her like, what? She's like, yeah, you know, I heard you go to like big shows and you can do like a mosh pit or something. Can we do a mosh pit? And I'm like, no. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. And just like the look of disappointment Stop, in her no. eyes is just like so sad. And I'm like, this is like an indie rock. This is like sad lesbian music at best. Okay. <laughs> it's like, that's what I'm not saying. That uh, get us canceled, Alex sir. Said, Why don't you oh, uh, the, say oh, mean things? What is this, Lilith Bear? Okay. Um, say mean things is my gamer tag. Okay. <laughs> say mean things. It's it's my say mean things is my middle name. No, it's just like I tried to explain to her that it wasn't that kind of show. Like even if I took her to a country show, not everybody's just like out looking to do a mosh pit. The last time that I saw a mosh pit was when I took my mom to see Metallica when they started doing their tour again, mm-hmm. uh, and that was back in like 2016. This is before uh, the COVID situation, but that was when they opened the AT and T amp down in texas mm-hmm. i think it's in dallas by the way just talking about venues holy fuck that was the worst venue that i've ever been to in my life and to their credit they just opened it like they reopened it as the at&t venue mm-hmm. but so much of it was just like concrete pillars there were like certain parts of the auditorium you could stand in and not hear anything like all the sound would just get so muffled you even with the band playing live and the yeah. speakers being right there you could stand in certain parts of the auditorium and not really understand what the fuck was going on. That's weird. Yeah. And then it's just like, we stayed there till probably like three o'clock in the morning, just trying to find like the whole time walking around, trying to find a sweet spot to just find a place to listen to the music. And I was just so fucking pissed because it was so much money just to go see them. And she'd seen them like 17 times or something live because she was a diehard fan. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she recently just told me that the best concert that she ever went to is the last one I took her to, which was a uh, green day up at the BOK center. Mm-hmm think that was back in like 2017 and that was a great fucking show and they always make it a point to like you know bring somebody in from the uh bring somebody in from the crowd and then they let them like try a solo and they're like okay so i want you to practice the solo tell you what we're just going to give you the guitar and like every show i think every show they try to give somebody a guitar and like let them leave stage with it and then it's like got their autograph on it already and that's stuff cool like that. and that's cool and that's the kind of that's the kind of support that I want to see in local shows. I'm not saying to every local artist, like, you should just give one of the audience members your guitar. Like, that's <laughs> that's a big investment. That's almost, like, as stupid as, like, when, oh when Cobain was, like, going and getting, uh, was going and getting stretched and then breaking them on purpose on stage. Like, I mean, I understand of one of the bands said that what he does is, and it's something that I used to do to, to like, make extra little cash is, is that you can go to you can go to pawn shops and you can pick up a yeah. a, sh- a shit broken guitar for like twenty bucks, mm-hmm. and then you put like thirty forty bucks into it and you can fix it right. What he was doing was was that he would he would go and find guitars and he'd have it off to the side to make it look like it's the guitar that he play like one of the guitars that he's gonna play on stage, and then he'd swap he'd he'd find ones that look like his main guitar. So he'd swap out his main guitar real quick, and then he'd grab the other one and start breaking it on fucking stage. The one that he's breaking is like a $20 guitar. It's not a fucking, right. you know, it's not a, a $1,000 guitar. But visually, it looked fucking crazy, because you're like, God damn, he just broke that fucking expensive guitar. This cat's yeah. wild. Yeah, but he's no. Awesome. no, it's fucking cheap-ass vendors and just adding a neck to it that says, you know, like... um fucking like a gibson or some major brand right. it's expensive but you can make them look the same and then you just, just break them and fucking not care that's probably what i like if i was a given artist or performer myself i would probably do some shit like either giving away guitars or smashing them on stage or something fun like that um but what i was trying to i want to like give a quick shout out to the jones assembly for actually having like a a pretty bitchin setup as far as like 
standing room for the show and you get to go up to the second floor to like get a better like overview of the whole crowd and then there's the other section of it that where they serve like local beers and you know food and stuff too but you know it's uh when was the last time you saw a mosh pit at a show uh like two weeks ago (laughs) um uh, let me see. Uh, I mean, that, not really mosh, but I mean, I guess uh, Grand Royale has punk and metal. Right. Uh, and I mean, so there'll be like little mosh pits. Um, the the uh, 89th Street. Yeah. That was, that was that. They always have mosh pits there, a little bit, small ones. Uh, saw them at the, uh, an actual mosh pit was over at um, at the cover show that I went to at uh, Diamond Ballroom recently. That one, the uh, there was a band. Uh, forget the name of that one, but there was there was the the red hot not chili peppers, uh, and so they they, they sound pretty good. But like the uh, the main singer of that one, he was also in another band that was an Allison Chains band, and oh, wow. uh, sounded just like them. It was insane, like how well they sounded just like the other band. But um, but yeah, there was a lot of like there was some moshing and stuff going on during that show because people were like, you know, the, the kind of bands that are playing like that kind of music, but they're all cover bands. Um, except for like before, like before is a, um, a local band here in Oklahoma city. Uh, it, I'm sure a lot of people know who they are at this point because they, they do a really, really good job at marketing um, themselves. They make funny videos about themselves and put it on like reels and YouTube and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and they, uh, and TikTok, I guess you'd say, but, uh, but yeah, they're they're very about it of like doing cool little things, um, and uh, they did a couple covers, but they also did their original music, and so that was really cool. You know, I don't know. Right. You got birds chirping over there. Like, what do you? No, my phone's just like not working anymore. Oh. That's kind of strange. Yeah, oh, yeah. I guess my EMT worked. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this guy and bury his body in my fucking house. I fucking oh, shit, was that out loud? Oh, shit, oh, me, shit, there's recordings of this. you're going to fucking kill me. I fucking knew it. You hadn't seen me fucking in so long. It. Hey, that was the plan. I mean, what are you, you going to come back and get royalties or some shit on the show? Like, we'll fucking kill you. I don't can, can I do that? Can I get No, well, get yep, to your episodes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, There was a band I was actually thinking about uh, last week before I moved back that I was really wondering if we could get on the show. But, you know, I also haven't heard from them in, like, for fucking ever, and I haven't heard of anything that they've done recently. Uh, you know the Pretty Black Chains? You don't know the Pretty nope. Black Chains? do not. They're, like, a really big Oklahoma-based band, or at least I thought they were, but they've only got, like, an average of a 1,000 listeners or something on Spotify. I mean, that's pretty normal. Yeah. Out here, like, like it's... That's why that's why I don't understand like um like I said we've been doing the the Facebook group for three years well about two year two years a little mm-hmm. year and a half two years it's like four hundred people in our group right and like and like there's groups on Facebook that are literally made by apps like they're made by a fucking like a they they're literally produced to to con people but they um they're made by bots and those groups are like three thousand people so I don't know what the hell people do to get marketing out on Facebook other than pay for it to, to get to grow these groups. But I, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out why it's not growing. And, um, but yet the listener base is growing. That's the weird part. That part of it got. is like, so not to interrupt you, but just like part of it is like, it is paying for it too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you get those advertisements all the time. Like if you're on Instagram quite a bit and you're just like the moment you promote something, you get messages on your post saying, by the way, you should tag these people and have them like, you know, sponsor your stuff and yeah. have them help you get followers. And then you come to find out that like over 85% of the people that they're trying to get onto your page are just bots. Yep. But at the same time, that's also the amount of clout that comes with, you know, like if you look at Kim Kardashian and her amount of followers on Instagram, for one, she's not the one managing her page. She's not the one like posting the pictures and shit. Right. She's she not even to, probably the person messaging people on yeah, that shit. Because it's too much of a liability with her name to actually jeopardize whatever it is that she could post, right? Like she does like a little TikTok of her like, you know, maybe playing with herself or something. That could like completely throw off her whole, you know, uh Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. So they have somebody else managing the page and then they have people regularly getting bots or just generic followers on there to prove that oh look this person has this many followers Mm -hmm. they're obviously somebody worth following right but when you try to do something a bit more local based of course it's not gonna have like billions of followers but it's uh it's still something that deserves proper recognition and really the only thing that i think the demographic if i'm thinking of it correctly is like the demographic for instagram is people between the ages of uh 15 to 25 and then for facebook it's between it's for people ages between 35 and 55. Like, for what I do in roofing and construction, a lot of our customers have to be homeowners. So a lot of their, uh, a lot of our clientele and basis is based on people who are between the ages of 35 and 55. Why? Because the majority of people between, like, 35 and up are most likely to be homeowners. So they own the house. Mm-hmm. I think we were just getting attacked by a cicada there for a second. We didn't see it. <laughs> That's all I was saying. I was like, what's that background noise? Like, what the fuck is that? It's like every time, every time somebody hits record, it's like, it's like God is testing you to see exactly how they can fucking. It's that damn, it's that damn FBI fucking surveillance ban fucking tapping yeah. my fucking mixer. Exactly. Shit's not even hooked up to the internet, but it is hooked to that computer. So maybe it is hooked up to the internet. It's all connected. It's all connected to the internet. To the internet. Every bit of it. Well, these motherfuckers. It's uh, <laughs> so through the demographic of like what what you look for on followers is just that you like hire people. And we were talking about the other day with Gary Vee about how like he's only had VaynerMedia mm-hmm. for however long. And like yeah, he started VaynerMedia after he got famous, after he did like the wine library yep. and did the online shows for years. Yep. Before even starting VaynerMedia, and then people recognized him from all that, and like of course he's gonna have an easy time trying to get people on board with that but i think keeping it as like one stationary page or one stationary account and then doing everything that you can to get promo through that makes it a bigger name because the first thing that they try to teach you in marketing it's either brand or recognition no no sorry it's either name or brand yep are you going off the name of somebody or are you going off the brand of what it is that you're trying to sell yeah we're not trying to sell anything in particular. We're just trying to promote local music. And, man, that's that's kind of what I do with the, the local earshot podcast. Like, the way I look at it is it isn't is it isn't about me. It's not It's not about Wilson. It wasn't about Biggs. It's not about us. It, it's a little bit Never about has. Me. I mean. It's a little bit about Biggs. A little bit about Biggs? A little bit about What What's no. about Biggs? No, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what about Biggs? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm just saying, like, it's not, it's not about us at all, really. It, it, it's always been about about the artist in Oklahoma and and even even beyond you know like it's just been always been about local music and promoting local music like i mean that's the that's the goal and 
I mean, it's always been like that. It, oh, like we've never really always like <laughs> like we all like we all three had our moments where we headbutt and stuff like that. But I mean, it's it's right. always been more like that's the common ground. That is is always been about the music scene here and growing it. But I, I don't care if like if if you know like when he goes on he does his thing and stuff and if it means that he's gonna he's gonna grow whatever he does i don't care as long as it's as long as it's promoting and helping the music industry here i can care less what somebody does you know when it comes right. to that but but it's uh it, it you know and i understand that whole like people pushing their own thing and stuff that that i, I mean we all do it uh more bands media yeah i push that you know like but um but i mean but yeah it's always been like the music part has been the most important thing about it all so it is and like really the show the show is for you guys like in the beginning when you know john and i and biggs got together it was really for the promotion of local music and that's really what it's about is helping people get the kind of recognition that they deserve i mean i don't really think a lot of people can accredit to where a lot of music came from from here like, did you know that Leon Russell was best friends with Gary Busey when they went to high school here in Oklahoma? Mm-mm. They grew up together. They were like best friends in high school. And Leon Russell went on to become Leon Russell. And, you know, Gary Busey went on to be whatever Gary. he is now. <laughs> Gary Busey? Yeah. Dude, I got a, I got a fucking crazy story about that. My, you, are you related to Gary Busey? No, 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 no. My stepdad was there whenever he had his motorcycle accident. Did you hear mm-hmm. about his motorcycle accident? Mm-mm. Okay, so Gary Busey was in Oklahoma to do a shoot. We were He was either in Oklahoma or some other state, but uh, they were there on a shoot, and my stepdad was doing security for, for the whole setup, right? And uh, Gary Busey went and uh, said, like, hey, man, do you guys want to do some coke? And my stepdad was, like, head of security. He's like, um... Maybe, but let's let's focus on the shoot right now. Like, let's we can party <laughs> afterwards. It's like it's ten o'clock in the morning. Maybe we could like think about it another time. And so Gary Busey uh, actually helped him get like two eight balls of coke, mm-hmm. and he did a whole one by himself in one sitting. <laughs> and he said, "Hey guys, watch this." <laughs> and he took a motorcycle from the movie set. And drove it as fast as he could and rammed it into a tree face first. And that's how he lost the majority of his teeth and fucked up his face. And then he was so coked out from it, he got up Fucking from the winter. He got up and walked over to my stepdad. He's like, so what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> like, They're like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I think... Why do you ask? What do you ask? <laughs> Fucking Gary Busey, of course I'm okay. smashed up. And like I can't accredit to how many what happened to your were face. There. I don't know like how much of because it's just a story, right? But it doesn't fucking surprise me with somebody like Gary Busey. No, I mean um, if you would have told me like any any certain names, like you know, you you'd be like, yeah, the story about a fucking uh, oh, God damn it, what's the name? Fucking uh, Charlie Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yeah, <laughs> like if you say Charlie Sheen, like Charlie Sheen, like if I hear the name Charlie Sheen, I'm like. Yeah, I mean that's a totally believable story. I mean, if you if you even said like fucking uh, yeah fucking what's the name of Doogie Howser, fucking uh, yeah Patrick Harris. Yeah, if you told me that name, I wouldn't be surprised. If you told me if you told me that that fucking um uh what's the name from um how I'm forgetting all these names, all these famous motherfuckers. We were talking about that earlier. I can't do I can't do music trivia because I can't remember fucking album and song names sometimes. Um, the first names of Simon and Garfunkel. Come on, John. 
Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, fucking Santana. Uh, but yeah, like um, uh, Wayne Brady. Yeah, like Wayne, Wayne Brady. Brady is another one. Like, like whenever I saw that Chappelle kit skit where Wayne Brady was like going all crazy and shit, mm-hmm. the first thing that came to mind was that that wouldn't be surprising to me. No, because he's just such a like well collected, calm person on set. Mm-hmm. But like, guaranteed that motherfucker's wild and crazy as shit. You know, yeah, like in the car is like, oh my god, Wayne Brady is about to have to choke. Yeah, you're gonna have to choke a bitch. You know, like and and you know, and he did, and and I was and I was happy he did. I was happy that Wayne Brady had to choke a bitch. Like I was, I, it was nice to watch that. That reminds me, John. This is an intervention, by the way. We have to talk about your dark sense of humor. It's just too much. Like, oh shit, man! My dark sense of humor is like a lot cleaner than a lot of people's dark sense of humor. My my, my shit's just all about like world domination shit. I mean, feeling secretly called out here for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, like, I don't think people really understand our day. Like, even though I haven't been on the show for a minute, we still take time to, like, share videos with each other daily for some reason. And it's always, like, and it's not, like, cutesy stuff like, oh, hey, man, I was just thinking about you. Or, like, taking pictures of, like, us at the bar. It's, like, you know, sending completely ridiculous videos of stuff that no other people need to see. Oh, yeah, no. Like, y- you want to talk about cancel culture? If you were to <coughs> come, if somebody was to hack my Facebook and just open up my messenger and look at all the things that I get sent on a daily basis from my friends. Right. Or, or you know, sent to my friends. Yeah. I'd be canceled. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm being honest. I'd be totally canceled. I, like, I, like, like, they'd be like, man, fuck that guy. He's a fucking jerk. But, like, but you know what? I don't give a shit because that shit's funny, and I think it's hilarious. And... You know, and that's the problem with dark sense of humor is that most comic, uh, most comedy people, mm-hmm. they get it, they understand the, the 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 inner workings of society of like all the things that a lot of people don't think are funny, they think are hilarious. And I mean, there's some dark shit out there that fucking they think is funny. So. I'm starting to wonder, like, I think that's where where people end up cross crossing the line. It's like it's one thing if you say something fucked up and nobody knows who you are. It's another thing if you say something that's fucked up and you're like one of the writers of South Park or something. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. So we yeah, yeah, you, it from yeah, you. yeah. You can say whatever you want if you're if you're like if you're Trey Parker or fucking Matt Stone or fucking uh, fucking uh, what's the name that does like Family Guy. Like you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Like because just, people just think you're funny. Right. But but and if and if somebody tells you that you can't say it, you say what are you anti-Semitic? And they're like what? It's because they're Jewish. They, they, they get away with it. <laughs> Because because of that joke. And it's funny because, like, South Park even made an episode about how the Jews run Hollywood. And yet, like, Kanye got in trouble for saying that 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 shit. But here's the right. funny part. Fucking South Park said it, too, man. Right afterwards, they made fun of that shit. It was fucking hilarious when they made fun of it. Like, yeah. like them making fun of him was hilarious, you know? Like, him saying it. I don't know about all that, but like, you know, like that's, that's, that's one of those things where like, because I was watching the interview and he went on Tim pool and it just seemed like that. It's just, it's just a, 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 a way of, um, like, it's like he's doing it for just shock, shock factor and, and stuff, which, I mean, I guess if that's what you want to do, you just want to tell, make racist jokes and make everybody think you're a racist for, for fucking, I don't know attention. I, I don't know why the fuck you would do that because, like, I think that 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 shit's total bullshit. And See, I, don't, I don't know. 
I'm big on characters, so like if, if people, you know, like try to like bring in any type of racial shit around me, I'm just like, cool. Like, do they, I mean, do they actually like have real character as a human being? Like, I don't, you know, I don't right. understand what the problem is. Like, like it's like if they're a good human being, then cool. But I mean, I don't, I don't see why people are being hated for how they live their lives or how they fucking, you know, like what race they are. Like, it's stupid. Yeah. That's a stupid reason to hate somebody. I'll hate you for your shitty music, like, taste. I mean, I, I'll do that. Right. I, if you're a person that absolutely, like, every time that you put on music, everybody in the room's like, God, what the fuck is this horrible shit? You probably have horrible music taste, and you should be shunned to fucking hell or something. I don't know, you right. know, but <laughs> but no. but I mean, but you should be you should be shunned for being a Mexican or you know being like whatever. But no, and it's maybe like, I shouldn't be getting in this conversation right now with this show <laughs> because I'm trying to stay on the air. Uh, but <laughs> no, but this is exactly the thing that I was talking about with my sister just a couple months ago. Actually, uh, my sisters finally developed. I I make it sound bad, like saying like, "Oh, my sister's finally developed a sense of humor." And it's not like that. For like the first ten to fifteen years of our life, she was very self conscious. She always thought that people were making fun of her, right? Like nobody could laugh in the room without her feeling self conscious about it. And she recently confessed to me that that was one of the things that she admired about me, is that I could just make jokes about things and then people laugh and it not really bother me as much, right? And I said, "Yeah, but that's where like you don't quite understand like." I'm not saying these things, uh, like like I tried to explain to her a joke. She's like, "You can't say that, Wilson." I'm like, "No, you can't. I can. People expect it from me. People expect me to like say something off-putting." Or yeah, just, like, I mean, if people expect you to say something ballsy, yeah, you know, like then they ain't gonna they ain't gonna flinch when they hear you say it. Yeah, and like, she was just like, "Okay, yeah." Like, she was asking me about it because it was like a something that has taken like a lot of her character, a lot of you know, self-anxiety, uh, social anxiety to get to like tell jokes out in public in front of people. And I was trying to tell her like, you know, it's not like it happened overnight. Like I, I take a leap of faith every time. It's like if you're trying to do magic tricks, but you haven't studied magic. Like you can go out there and try to do magic tricks in front of people and you just like practice it or whatever without any kind of like actual, you know, schooling or anything in particular. And it's really hard for something like that when it comes to, like, you can go to school and learn how to play music. You can't go to every other school and learn how to be, like, a comic or something. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a comic, but you have to be able to take that leap of faith whenever you say something in front of people in public, knowing that they're either going to, like, bash you for it, not like it, or that they're going to laugh. I go to so many, I have been to a lot of comedy shows in Oklahoma and other comedy shows in, like, Texas and Arkansas, wherever I can, and I just sit there the whole time and I don't laugh because I don't think that it's genuinely that funny. And I was trying to explain to her, like, I go out of my way to, like, make these puns or jokes in front of people knowing that they'll laugh because that makes me feel better. I don't know if that's, like, an ego thing or if that's an egotistical kind of feeling of, like, oh, you can make other people laugh. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do it because that's the enjoyment that I get out of it is, like, mm-hmm. saying something like like farting in a funeral, just something that's going to completely change the mood and get everybody to kind of giggle a little yeah. bit. Something that gets me a little bit high. And I don't, I don't envy anybody that doesn't try to do the same thing because it's a bit harder. But I was trying to tell her, like, I don't make these jokes for other people to laugh. I do it for me because I get, like, something out of other people laughing Yeah, at, to an extent. And it just happens to be that it's, like, the most off-putting thing. Like, uh... Uh, a homeowner was telling me the other day that she had like a raccoon problem, you know. So if we did the roof, we she wanted to take care of the raccoon problem. I'm like, well, you could just, you know, maybe tell him you love him on a first date or something, you know. It's, 
that'll <laughs> drive them away. That usually works for me. It gets rid of the problem. I mean, you know, they are trash, so. <laughs> exactly. See? Uh. It's just part of it. And uh, I think that when it comes to cancel culture, which is the stupidest kind of culture I can think <laughs> of. <laughs> the stupidest kind of culture is the type that tries to cancel culture. Yeah. It's it's the dumbest thing that I've ever heard of. And not to say that there aren't some people that genuinely have it coming, like some complete total creeps like the Weinstein guys or whoever. You know, people yeah. that have done like legitimately terrible the, things. Evil, terrible things, and usually those people never get canceled by anybody. They actually get propped up and defended, which which pisses me off. Yeah. Like, it's like if you're going to cancel somebody, go cancel those fucks. Like, you know. Right, exactly. And not to say that there isn't like some work going into that. Uh, like when I first heard about Bill Cosby and some woman came up and said something against him, I'm like, there's no way. This is Bill Cosby. There's no way that it's like. He's, he's America's dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's everything that I wanted to be growing up, wearing the goofy sweaters, having the beautiful wife, the cool kids, you know, yeah. nice job, whole house. And then, like, when 49 other women came up and said something against him, I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. So I yeah. guess it's, it's pretty true. Yeah, and I mean, like, I mean, like the, the, the thing that happened recently with um, uh, fucking House of Cards guy. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he got acquitted. And it's like, you know, I'm sorry, but he's been on a fucking plane to a very shitty fucking place. And yep. that tells me that that story is probably fucking true. Yep. And he's probably getting off because he probably paid off some people and they are walking away from it. But at the same time, it's like I'm pretty sure that there's probably a couple of those cases out of the nine that probably just some assholes trying to get some money. It's the same argument that I that I was using with somebody about that about Michael Jackson that like, you know, I can't bring up Michael Jackson with one of my friends. Uh, which I mean, he listens to the show sometimes, so I'll probably hear what I have to say right here. But um, I can't, li- I can't mention Michael Jackson because he automatically goes on a three-hour fucking rant about how Michael Jackson's like apparently a you know a fucking child molesting pedophile type. Uh, we don't know that, and we don't know, we don't know what what things were true. And we don't want know what things are lies. You know, the guy is dead, so we don't, we don't want to know. We don't know. We'll never know. But. Like, there was, I was like, but during that time, there was a lot of, um, of evidence that they were trying to destroy him career-wise. And, and then on top of that, like, a lot of the people that did come forward, maybe they, there is cases that are true, but there was a bunch of cases that came out that there were just people trying to get money. And they were saying that, and then and he would just pay, and then, like, you know, it came off. It looked bad either way because they were just paying him off. And so, yeah. like, visually to everybody that was watching it, they're like, well, obviously he did it because he just paid him off. No, in that situation, sometimes the only way out of that that legal d- dilemma is to pay them off because they're going to keep lying. And, like, and you can't beat them. It's the same way with the Amanda Heard and, and uh, Johnny Depp thing. The, she, she was a, just as abusive, if not more, than what he was, according to all the evidence. But yet all these people were like, oh, well, he was the bad one. No. Amanda Heard was like a bad person. Yeah. And, and, and and the things that she did to him, too, was probably worse than what he ever fucking did to her. But I'm not going to defend it because I don't know. I'm not part of it. I don't know what happened in their house. I don't know what the fuck they did to each other. fucking live with them. I, I don't, don't live with them. They... I, I fucking I don't know, man. I, I know somebody's never shit on my fucking pillow or my bed, you know? Like, like I, like, you know, I mean... 
it's not something I want to wake up to, you know. I mean, I've, I've, I, I, I wake up with cats hitting me in the face, but that's about it, you know. That's every day. So like little so bastards. So like, oh, I thought you're talking about the actual cats. I thought that was like a sexual thing. No, so no, 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 okay. no, no, no. That would have been that would be better, right? Like cats, <laughs> cats hitting you in your face. <laughs> well, um, and that's just part of it too. Is like even if you were living with them, then people would be acting differently. People behave differently when other people are around, even in the same house too. Mm-hmm. Um. What a lot of people, I think, forget is uh, that song Scar Tissue from Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. was written about a girl who I guess was a groupie who happened to be like 13, 14 years old, mm-hmm. and she just didn't tell them when she came on the tour. And then later she told him, and he wrote a song about it, and I think she stayed on tour even for a little bit longer, and that kind of gets like swept under the rug yeah, because like, everybody loves the fucking song. And even though it's like... He admitted that he got with her mm-hmm. or something. Uh, you know, people don't care about it as much because they can just fucking pay it off. And yeah. it's not, it's it's ridiculous. I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm not saying that any of these actions that these people commit are fine. But it's just like, with enough money, enough time, and enough power, you can just kind of sweep it under the rug. And that's, I was and a, that's a problem. That, that, that's that's where I see problem. it as a problem. Because like you shouldn't be able to do that. You should be held to the same standards as all the rest of us. Right. And, and I'm not saying like, oh, well, you know, you just changed the fucking standards so that we all have the great little evil standards that, no, the things that they were doing are evil and they're bad. And so, like, I don't want, I want them to go to jail the same way that, I don't know, the creepy old man down the street that does shit like that goes to fucking jail. I want them to be on a list just like the creepy old fucking man that's down the street doing that shit, you know? Right. Like, 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 I want them to take the same brunt as everyone else. But, and that's the same way in all of Hollywood, all of politics, all that shit. We, like, as a country, like, we, we have, like, a foundation of rules. And if, and if, and if you don't want to follow that shit, then you know, then then vote for the right people to change it. But here's the thing: I don't want it to be changed in a way to to allow that evil. You know, right. like I want it. I want it to be in a way where I don't know. You persecute the evil, and I'm talking all levels. That means if they find out that fucking, you know, politicians are doing shit, take the motherfuckers out. Yeah, take them out of office. They need to go. They need to get out of here because like we don't need them. We don't need any, and if they're doing that shit in Hollywood, if they're doing that shit in fucking the music industry, we don't fucking need them. We had like you know, like you can still listen to their music. It's like it's like whatever people talk about a uh, fucking uh, uh, you know fucking drip 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 boy over there, you know fucking <laughs> like fucking pee, peeing on girls. It's like it's like you know like it, it's I guess that that's your thing, Dude, you know? But that's exactly what we're talking about. Is like I went to go have dinner with somebody here recently. We sat in the bar. He came to the bar. We were just eating, and they were playing R. Kelly over the, over the radio, there. And it's like a pretty happening place. It's the, uh, I don't want to say any names because I don't want to get the establishment in trouble. Mm-hmm. But we're just looking at each other. And we're like, are they allowed to play this? Like, <clears throat> and this is like right after the allegations with R. Kelly had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess this wasn't recently. This is a little over a year ago. Um, well, it was two years back when he got in trouble for all that. And put. Time's not fucking real. Yeah, time's yeah. not real. You're you're way off on time right now. No, but I was at this establishment, and we heard R. Kelly come on the radio, or the the music that they had playing in the background. We were just looking at each other like, are they really allowed to play this shit? Like, after after everything just happened? Yeah. You know, it's like, and people don't care. People don't yeah. care. It, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, that's the one thing with music. It's like, people don't care. They like the song. They like the song. Um, 
But I mean, but the fact that somebody would be like so adamant about arguing about one particular artist, it's like it's like Jesus Christ, man! Like just let it go. Like it's not even involve you, <laughs> like, right. you know. But but at the same time, like like let the law do its job, and if they find him guilty of things, then let him do that. But it's like you know, and and people people try to argue with me on that. Like when it comes to certain people, like uh, fucking you know Trump over the other ones stuff like that. I'm like dude. I give two fucks about Trump too. I, I like if they find that he did illegal shit, throw his ass on a fucking brick too. I don't give a shit. Like like that's the thing is that I'm I'm not I'm one of those people like I could care less if if they did something bad like that. Then I mean they'll pay they'll face the consequences of their actions at some point. And yeah, and people talk about like consequences of actions. Like not that I'm like a supporter of him or anything in particular. I I think all of them can eat shit. But, you know, like, Trump was one of the first presidents to, like, not start a war with another country, Mm -hmm. like, historically speaking. So I guess that's, like, a cool bonus. But then come to find out that his name was mentioned, like, three or four times on Epstein's list, like, right before all this shit went down. Yep. On the pages of, like, him coming there and staying for a certain period of time and then flying back to the U.S. Yeah. Like, so, so while he was president, he was going over to the Epstein Island doing whatever the fuck they do over there for fun. Yeah, and and, and maybe and maybe he wasn't, you know, maybe he wasn't that's the thing and that's the, the same defense I give to Kevin Spacey or any of those other people yep. that people say they've been on that list. Elon Musk, like like we don't know. We don't know what these people were doing. Some of them might have been co-opted when they went there. Some might have not been, you know. Yeah, maybe. This so. is I don't know. It's a crazy thing to think about. Uh I love how we have these conversations like I don't know if any of you at home are listening to this. Like, this is one of these motherfuckers that I can't just like start talking about conspiracy theories with. Cause oh yeah, McKinley... like, like we're at it. We're we're at which I'm about to like close it out just because of this. But we're at like an hour and twenty nine minutes and thirty two seconds Holy right shit. now of talking and bullshit because we haven't talked in a long time like this. And so like right. you know, but yeah, I'm I'm a very I'm very into conspiracy theories. I, I like I I probably start a whole podcast on conspiracy theories, dude. That, my problem is that I would I would actually show the probably the actual like information to them. I know, <laughs> so, I know, and it fucking terrifies me. And it, like, yeah, because I've seen you some stuff thing. where you're just like, "What the fuck, man!" Like I'm just yeah. I know, and it's shit that's like undeniable. Like holy shit, I just like it just comes to my mind as like a passing thought. And he's like, "No, no, there's evidence, man, to show." Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. there's shit. evidence to show this shit. Like here's the evidence, and then you, and then and you show real sources, and people are like, "What the fuck, dude?" And you're like, "Yeah." And then you have some story like recently, like, oh, aliens are real. And, right. and all the conspiracy theorists, it's funny because reading those memes that say, like, all the conspiracy theorists are like, like, oh, that, that, oh, yeah, yeah, they ain't real. And then, like, everybody's like, but you guys were saying they're real for like 30 fucking years. Yeah. Now the government's telling you that they're real. Mm-hmm. Maybe you shouldn't trust them because they're probably lying to you and they probably got a plan for doing something else. And there's, a, there's a particular thing you can look up. With the current current little craziness going on right now, it's Operation Bluebeam. It's a oh, it's yeah. a simple operation. It's about taking drones and putting them in the air and just making a scene where it looks like we're being invaded. And and you know it's a fun conspiracy theory idea. Uh, it basically makes the skies like it's like there, like the ones in China that have the really cool displays and stuff that they're, they're doing now. They're doing firework displays with fucking drones now. So like what they're what the idea is that they that they show like this thing you know that 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 an invasion in our skies and everybody just gives in to them the government conspiracy people you know the evil government people they give in to them and then we all just kind of like get 
taken out by them because that's the plan, you know. But whenever I look at that, I kind of like laugh to myself. I'm like, I'm like, cool. So basically, you're gonna see a bunch of like, you're gonna, it won't work well in most st- states in the United States because a bunch of people just take their guns out in a field and shoot at whatever it is. And whenever the screen of whatever it is starts malfunctioning because it's technology and all the drones start falling out of the damn sky because they keep shooting at them and hitting them, then everybody will be like, well, obviously that was fake. Oh, hey, they got busted in their little conspiracy idea. Like, they're going to have to do better than that. Like, that, that, you know, that's like, but, you know, but, but I'm, I'm hopeful that aliens are real. That's, that, that seems kind of fun, you know? I mean, if they are, they obviously don't want a whole lot to do with us. They probably pass by here, like, the same way that we pass by the south side of OKC. Like, oh. No, oh, oh, there, there's that trailer park <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the fucking universe. Uh, Again, not dissing Oklahoma. It's just like certain parts of it. It's like in every state of the United uh, States. I could like make these parts. jokes. I lived in trailer parks in Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, I grew up in trailer parks in Oklahoma. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, this, this is like fucking, but yeah. It's like, uh, what, what what are we, the armpit of the universe? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like what things, what, what do we really have to offer uh, the universe? Like cheesecake, probably. Like from the Cheesecake Factory or just like just regular run-in-the-mill cheesecake from the store? I'm just talking about like as far as things that we can contribute to the universe, like cheesecake, probably probably from Cheesecake Factory just because of all the flavors. And like maybe music, I guess, as a whole. And some entertaining movies, sure. Maybe some shows. Yeah, yeah. what was the bright idea of like not – of sending a, a, a gold record? I get the gold part, you know, making a record and all that stuff. It can be played on anything mm-hmm. out into the universe – I think and just in your head, you're thinking, yeah, they figured out how to make a record player. Honestly, bro, like, it's not... I think Jack White actually did that. He started a program where he sent, like, a record and a record player out into outer space. So that way, whoever discovers it can, like, I guess, attempt to... Like, even if he sent instructions with it. Yeah. And, like, how to use... I don't know if they're going to figure and it out. And that's what they kind of did with that one, that one gold record, is yeah. that there's instructions how to play it. But if you don't, if you don't have the right material to to like move it or whatever, like I'm, I'm wondering, like if it would actually work, you know? Right. And uh, and some like I don't know, I, I I do I do find it fascinating that whenever you take um, like the the simulational theory stuff, whenever you take anything and put it in code form, it does produce the same digital code of creating it yeah. as it does visually in front of you. So like uh like. Uh, they were they were they were decrypting like a lot of different um, uh, nature type things, and it was literally creating the same code lines as what they would create in like a video game or whatever. So it shows that simulation theory could be real because they, like how 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 does that that perfect? But at the same time, like you know, uh, bees make honeycombs that are perfect and all this really cool shit. So it's it's it is cool. It it's it's at, like that's what I was saying. That's why I enjoy those type of theories. I like the idea of like uh, a very sci-fi human being. I mean, I yeah. used to be really big into horror when I was a teenager, but I but I really like sci-fi shit. Like, I want to just say for the record, I I heard John admit that he was a really big horror on the podcast. That's what I heard. I you, you know I I was really big into horror movies. Wait, horror movies? Yes, horror. No, horror? I still heard horror. Oh, you're so, just horror? Just horror yeah. horror movies? It's just a horror. I mean, hey, you know, you know, hey, they're fun. 
you know? <laughs> I, I hear some of them are a blast. Uh, yeah, when you can afford them. This, Jesus. Uh, some of them aren't. No, I know. I've got issues. Look, <sighs> it's part of the simulation. What I, I have a hard time carrying on conversations about simulation theory just because it's like, it's not really theoretical. Like, if you look at Pong, Musk said it. Like, if you look at Pong, the first video game they ever invented, versus what video games are now, like, dude, I watched the preview for Cyberpunk, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Holy shit. It's, like, realistic now. It's realistic. I yeah. watched the trailer. I thought it was a fucking movie. I didn't yeah. realize it was a fucking video game. And then, you know, the way that it just played out, uh, I saw, like, a glimpse of Keanu Reeves. That was my first telltale that it was, like, probably a movie or something, or that it was at least somewhat real. No. Like... The whole simulation thing is just another show that we could get into entirely mm-hmm. and talk about like how in-depth it is. But like, it honestly doesn't fucking surprise me. The way that we can capture information and play it on these little bitty fucking screens that we call our phones and just go through the motions of like what we think is real. I was watching a TikTok the other night. I didn't even take anything. Somebody purposely made it to where it started out like it was real and then like it started to transition where it looked like you were on mushrooms or some kind of psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. And those always freak me the fuck out because it's like, man, I could have swore I didn't take anything today. Mm-hmm. I didn't take anything before I went to sleep. And then you're just tripping for some fucking reason. I had to, I had to stop watching uh, the clone Tyrone the other night because I was on an edible. And because I, I take edibles at night to go to sleep and I was watching it and, and like I got halfway through the movie and it got so fucking trippy. Yep. That like I was like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? And then I was like, I was like, it's freaking me out. Much. It's too fucking real. And then I, I yep. turned that shit off. But like you know, the the whole movie is about about cloning and, uh, and stuff. But I'm not going to go into detail what it's about because you should watch that movie because it's fucking good. But I will tell you that it seems like that Jamie Foxx was going through the motions of whatever the fuck he got sick with while they were making that movie because he was doing some weird trip shit. He was the, it, it, like his mouth would move a certain way. He was saying random words. He was having twitches. Like it was it was really weird. I, I don't know if it was related to the movie script. I don't know what was going on, but like there was just random stuff like that in the movie where I'm like this is not him. Like it's weird. It's but. hard to say like out of a lot of actors who do like a lot of varied things like music because Jamie Foxx has like a big background in doing all sorts of things. He I don't think he's a method actor, but he definitely like gets into it for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and definitely that's one a role of the things actor. that I can respect about him. I really like his backstory, like the way that he still lives with his dad. He's got like a big ass house, and he turned his basement into like a recording studio. Mm-hmm. Like as far as life goals go, it seems like he's figured out a lot, and he's done a really good job of it. Um, but as far as like, I don't know. There's a lot of movies that I could recommend. We're probably gonna have to make that for a different segment. Yeah, different yeah, because we're probably gonna get out of here. We're yeah. at, we're almost at an hour and forty minutes. Our average show is usually an hour. <laughs> yeah, so. we're, we're late. We're late for the strip club already. I, I already promised this guy I'd buy him a dance or something. So uh, you know, you know, uh, so I I don't go to strip clubs in Oklahoma. I, I tend to run into too many people that I know, friends and family. Uh, <laughs> My friends and family, motherfucker. Uh, oh, your friends and family. I mean, yeah. I mean, but your mama, she she does a pretty good pole dance. Shut the know? fuck up about my mama. <laughs> my, my, mama. Up about my mama. You don't say about my mama. You don't say nothing about my mama. All right. You have any shout outs or anything you want to do? Um, I do want to do a quick shout out to Perseus. They actually did a really great job at the Blue Note the other night. Uh, the sound system that they got set up over there is actually pretty good. Um, Blue Note always does a really great show. Even from like eight years ago, going there for live shows is always an a joy. Um, some of the other bands that we saw there the other night, were they again? We had like a, 
there was Perseus playing there. There was another band that was playing. Oh, well, um, never mind the Embers. Never mind the Embers. Actually, had a really great show. I really like their merch. You know, it seems like they got a lot of neat ideas. I like their approach to metal. Um, I do want to do a quick shout out and apology to Snail Mail. I wasn't trying to throw her under the bus or nothing in particular. <laughs> it's just like I wanted to hear that one song. And that's what frustrates me with artists in particular is like when you go there specifically to hear something and then they don't play it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my only gripe when it comes to like the music industry or with artists in particular. But, you know, you can't really hold anybody to anything in in particular it's just you go there to support them and enjoy the show she said uh about a third of the way through the set that this was like her either first time or second time coming through oklahoma or that she came through oklahoma before and she didn't remember Mm -hmm. and that she actually really loved it because there were so many like so many people that showed up i thought that this was going to be like one of those you know like any bands that maybe not many people listen to then i recently found out like a week before the show that she had a hit on the radio called uh valentine Mm -hmm. by valentine and it was really cool to get to see see her and see all the people supporting him. And I really appreciate the amount of effort that the Jones Assembly put into having the show. Uh, and a lot of that's something that I can appreciate. And part of the reason why this show is such a great idea is because a lot of local venues are really trying to make it to where we can support local music as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate getting to see that because um, it's just great for everybody. There's there's no downside to having a better local music scene. No, I mean it's it's all upside because like every, you know, every weekend there will always be like an abundance of shows. There will be abundance of people to actually come to your shows, you know. And as long as they know, and I mean Facebook algorithms suck ass, but we're trying to figure it out. And you know if that means that creating like just a simple WordPress fucking events page just so it can aggregate all the events that are happening out there, maybe that's what needs to happen because it's like we we need something that we can just look at and know what's happening because like like it's it's almost impossible to figure out what's happening every night in this city because I mean I and I feel like that's everywhere uh, that everybody's having that problem. Because everybody says they complain about the algorithms not working right and Facebook not working right because it's it, yeah. it will tell you things like, shit, like uh, three days later, four days later, you'll see a post and it'll be related mm-hmm. to a show that happened three to four days ago. And you're like, why are you showing this to me now? <laughs> you know, like like and, and then my favorite is, is that, that now they let you load it to your Google Calendar. I opened up my calendar the other day, and I realized that I didn't get notified for any of those events for last month that I had on that mm. calendar. So my calendar's not even notifying me correctly of, like, whenever things are happening that day. Damn. So it's like— that, The same thing you... happened to me. I, I was going to go see the, the Matchbox 20 concert that they were having at the zoo. I didn't get the notification until, like, 30 minutes before they went on stage. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck? Why? Like, And it was my—I was working over in Arkansas. I was too busy— anyway to get to go see the show yeah but like had i known a day or two ahead of time you might have gotten the the car and drove out yeah i would have gone to see the because there are like a the the zoo likes to play at least one or two local shows before they go out with the bigger stuff or at least they have like in the past years that i've gone you know some local artists like one or two come out as openers and then they have i forget who is opening for matchbox 20 but even then it's like an awesome opportunity for some people and i would have liked to I, I got to admit, like, I'm a bigger fan of outdoor venues just because it's a lot easier to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, and you get, you get to smoke whatever you want to, too, whenever yep. it's outside. Yeah. And not as many people are bothered by it. I'm kind of bothered when people smoke, like, the skunkiest weed, and it smells like somebody, right. like, 
snuck a skunk into the show. It's like, fuck you. But, you know, just What do like, you call this weed? I call it Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> what do you call this weed? It's like, oh, it's called Deep Nightmare. Jesus. No, I'm not smoking that. <laughs> <laughs> I smoke something like that before going to a Tool concert and be like, right? no. Right. Not doing that. Oh, my God. Marijuana names. <laughs> ridiculous. Deep Nightmare. They're like, they're like, what do you, what do you call this one? And my buddy was like, train wreck. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking smoke that. <laughs> I'm about to go. For I'm a good. Ride. I don't want to feel like I'm in a train wreck. That, that I'm about sound... to go for a drive. I don't want to smoke something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. I'm coming up to a damn train line. I'm fucking scared shitless now because you got me high in train wreck. Right. It's you ridiculous. Know. But this, I do like outdoor venues like uh, the zoo. Um, a couple others. I like the. Uh, the show that they do for the Bluegrass Festival every year in Guthrie. It's nice just to be outside. Obviously, that like takes away from opportunities. Like, if it's going to rain that weekend or something, that can kind of put a damper on things. But, you know, I don't know. I like the space. I don't like to feel so confined. Some of the venues that I've been to at bars, it's just filled with so much cigarette smoke because a lot of people still smoke cigarettes here locally at bars. They don't mm-hmm. really do that in places like California and Detroit anymore. Yeah. But... I don't know. It's cool to see. As far as big shout-outs, yes, to Perseus. Thank you to Blue Note for hosting the shows. Uh, everybody try to go to karaoke there on Tuesdays if you can, if you can make the time. It's honestly pretty fun. They got a nice setup from, like, 7 to close. Um, and my apologies again to Snail Mail. I wasn't trying to, like, say anything <laughs> mean. I'm sorry. Like, I said, like, sad uh, lesbian music genre, and that's not what I meant at all. It's just, I don't know. I love their stuff. I'm going to tell every single one of my lesbian friends this. That's, about you and the mean things you just called them. This, that's that's funny. Yeah, I and, guess then, I and then they're they're probably gonna tell me about all the great music that they play at Lil Affair. And, and I guarantee you half their shit. Because I have that out. Al- I have an out Lil Affair album and it has great music on it. I just made a, a playlist a on. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I just made us. I just made a playlist on Spotify called "Sad Lesbian Shit." Shit spelled like S H I D, and. I don't know. I did that to show somebody what I was listening to. It was actually to Andrea. I sent her the playlist. She's like, oh, damn. I'm so sorry you're having to listen to all this. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that she's like, I'm sorry that you are, are, are that you're, you're having to listen to all this. And you're thinking, yeah, but I made it by choice. And she's, and, and she's like, exactly. I'm sorry that you have to mm-hmm. listen to yeah. this. <laughs> it's not my fault that I like Girl oh, in Red. My okay, God. Or that I like fucking Mazzy Star. Oh, man, man, I wish my grass was emo so it cut itself. Um, <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay, yeah, but thank you for having me back on the show. Oh yeah, man, anytime. And uh, like you know, uh, yeah, shout out to all the venues and stuff that there. You know, that went to the Diamond Ballroom, had that show, went out to uh, Grand Royale, went out to a little thing there, um, and then ended up over at the Blue Note. Like uh, that was over the last like few weeks. That I've been busy and stuff, trying to get all the school stuff set up and everything, because that's by mid-August or whatever. But um, but I should be able to put a little bit more money into the show to get the cameras that I want. There's some zoo cameras that are that will have mic lays that can go right into the mixer and then right out to the camera. So then um, I can actually start doing some video and and like do some real video stuff and and uh, produce some shows. Um, and there's a few studios out there I've been I've been talking to and stuff that they're they're willing to like help. So um, uh, yeah, so I mean yeah, if you want to if you want to get involved with the show, 
Uh, I work on three tenets. It's uh, time, talent, and treasure. It's the uh, value for value system. Uh, the first T is time. So, like, if you uh, listen to a show and you like the show, uh, you know, just uh, keep on listening. Tell people there. One of the simplest things I read the other day that, that is, is a true statement when you actually look at it. If you want to grow anything online, uh, the number one thing that you can do is a friend. And, I mean, if, you, if your friend is doing a thing, you go over to their page. And, um, and you can go over to our page and do this, you know, to look at your shot. But you go over to the page, and there's a little thing in the top, and it says invite. Tap that, and it will let you select your friends to invite. Select all your friends and hit enter. That is the easiest way. It's free. It costs you nothing to do, and it helps your friends grow. So, like, like uh, a lot of band people, we do it through uh, groups. There's a group called Band Together. It's, an, it's a, a group across the you know, whole United States where bands and get on there, and they, they say, hey, uh, drop your link in the comments. Everybody just goes and re-likes each other, so then all the bands are doing it for each other. But for regular people to do it, you know, it's easy to do that. It's easy to just, just create that nice little invite. Facebook takes forever to send those invites out, but at least it's something. If everybody's doing it, then it means that everybody's helping each other grow. Um, the, uh, the second T is talent. Uh, kind of like what uh, what um, Wilson was talking about, like before we started this episode, um, that he said, you know, hey, I want to actually like you know like help you like get some more equipment and stuff like that for the show, and and he said, you know, like um, how does that work? And I said, well, you know, I, I mean, I mean, it was like he has skills. He's a video guy. Uh, usually, if I film questions, I go to him, and and I was like, but you have skills, you have talent, and and I was like, and the treasure part is is you know money. So it's like honestly, like either money or gear is the same thing. If you if you have old gear lying around and you know that probably like an old video camera that's actually nicer than a lot of the shit that I probably have, then I you know like I'll gladly take that off your hands and 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 mark it down as a donation and and put it on the show like you know and actually like let everybody know who gave that to me, who it's sponsored by, who that product sponsored by, where it came from, you know. Uh, but uh, but, the, but yeah, that leads to the third T, uh, or sorry, the other T of talent, which is the artist. So like you know, if you want to be on the show, then you can reach out to me at john at the localyearshot dot com, or or you can go on our Instagram page and message me on there, or Facebook, and uh, just just you know message through the the Facebook page. I'll answer you. I mean, I'm, I'm like if you actually look at our numbers, like I like I I react to almost every single message that comes in, good or bad. I mean, if I block you, it's probably because you're trying to market some garbage to me but but if but if you're an actual legitimate person that's trying to be on the show or promote music or promote what you're doing then i'll listen you know um and then that 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 leads to the third team which is treasure and if you want to donate to the show you can go over to the you know donation page and stuff we i, I take crypto the cash app venmo like just any type of things that are money um and and i mean just yeah, anything, any ways to donate, get involved, go to the Facebook groups, join them, uh, go on there and just market the shows, uh, share with your friends, uh, you know, all the shows that are coming out. Come out to events. If we run into you at an event, I'd be like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, like I do it all the time. But, like, um, but yeah, I mean, just getting out there and actually, like, being a part of the community and and just really being involved with all these shows is probably one of the best things you can do to promote the local music scene. I mean, these people need us, and and if they don't have us, then pretty much they don't ever grow their careers, and then after a while, they end up giving up or they end up moving away. 
and and that's what what I've noticed over the years that I was here when I was younger and all the way up till now that you hear about these big artists, famous artists out of Oklahoma. I mean, there's a lot of them. A lot of them are country singers, but the problem is, even Garth Brooks and and Reba McIntyre and stuff, they got sick of it. They got sick and tired of never the, just playing bars and, 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 and like these smaller venues and stuff in Oklahoma. And then they just said, you know what? I'll just go to Nashville. And then everybody hits up on them. You know, if you ever watch, uh, what is it? Um, uh, like American Idol. There's always at least one person on American Idol that's that's Oklahoman. And every time. Every time, and it's like it's like, well, you know, where where does this talent come from? And I, I really think that Oklahoma has a special place for music, and and so I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of talent here, and there's a lot of people that are not getting what they deserve, and and so I mean, and the only way for them to get that is if we show, we help out, and grow the scene. So, thank you everybody for listening, and um, yeah. Uh, just uh, check out, you know, don't forget about me. Just go over to localyourshot.com and drop me a note or, um, you know, just hit me up on all those socials. But uh, thank you for listening.